Melissa Lockard with Alex Coffey from the Steamheads, a show about the Oakland A's. Jorge Mateo was traded to the Padres on Tuesday, making the A's and the Padres the first two teams to make a trade since the roster freeze ended. What does this mean for the A's projected 30-man roster? I had to laugh a little bit that, you know, we spent the last episode of this show talking about how Jorge Mateo might actually have a decently significant role with the team. And then they, of course, up and traded him. The one thing that struck me, and we don't know who's the return yet, obviously it's a player to be named later, but they haven't really deviated or it doesn't look like they're deviating from whatever sort of their opinion of what the roster would have been had it been a 26-man roster to open a regular season as opposed to this sort of truncated season, we would have expected Jorge Mateo to be traded under normal circumstances. Um, And so, you know, it just sort of struck me that I guess this trade means that they aren't really viewing things in a very different prism than they would have been um, despite the kind of expanded 30-man roster, at least from a position player standpoint. It definitely gives us a little bit of clarity into how they were (laughs) viewing the whole player position battle at second base. And it's just still, I would like to point out, still flooded with candidates, even if the two front runners were Barreto and Mateo because they were out of options. You know, you still have Vimael Machine and Tony Kemp and... Sheldon Noisy and all these guys. So it definitely gives us more clarity there too. Yeah. And I think it it may also offer a clue that they may end up carrying an extra pitcher, uh, you know, more than maybe I would have thought in looking at that opening 30 man roster. I think perhaps they're going to use that extra roster space to maybe do a little more tandem starting. I sort of thought, you know, AJ Puck and, and Jesus Lazardo made logical candidates to be tandem starters out of the gate, but, you know, maybe they're going to actually end up pairing a couple of other guys as well just to get the season going and then you know as they hit that whittling down to 28 and then eventually 26 players they'll cut from that starting rotation but you know perhaps they felt like the the depth that they had from the position player side of what they had projected for 26-man roster was enough that they didn't need to have someone like Jorge Mateo which in you know in fairness I don't know that he would have gotten many at-bats in a 15-day trial even, you know, had they kept him for a 30-man roster, given that Marcus Simeon is, you know, an everyday player to the extreme. He's in every every game and every uh, inning on a regular uh, basis. So, you know, maybe there really wasn't much more to glean from what he could bring to the team, you know, in a three-week camp setting and then those those couple of weeks until the roster was whittled down. Yeah, no, I I agree with you. And I'm just excited to see who they get, you know, this mysterious player to be named later ends up being. It's kind of funny. I feel like now we know that the A's and the Padres are somewhat friendly with each other. We saw a trade from them a couple months ago with Austin Allen trade. I think that was back in December sometime around winter meetings. So so yeah, it'll be uh, interesting to see what they got for Mateo, get back what their return is. Yeah, and one of the other kind of wrinkles in all of it, of course, is that the 60-man player pool is like a a certain number of slots that you are sort of limited to. And I think my understanding from the rules is that because Mateo was on their original 60-man roster and then he was traded, there's essentially an open spot now, and they don't need to name a player to be named later for six months, according to just the general MLB rules. So unless that's changed, which I don't think it has, this player could be somebody that they don't announce until this 60-game season is over. Presumably, it would be a minor league player who may not even be playing the rest of this year, since obviously the the minor league season was canceled yesterday. So, you know, it may be a a kind of a flexibility situation, too, for, for the A's that they're are able to have an extra spot that they could sign somebody who's, um, you know, not currently in a 60-man roster 
pool that they could bring in in case there's an injury or or even if they're just sort of targeting somebody that's out there on the market right now that they haven't brought in yet. So that'll add to the uh, suspense then now that I know that they don't have to announce this like right <laughs> right away. <laughs> well, you know, it, it, it's funny because it's such a it's such a nebulous sort of rule, right? Like, you know, you, the player to be named later and then you almost forget about it. But the team gets submitted, you know, they essentially are, submit to the Padres a list. And then, you know, the, at a certain point, they announce which player off that list they want to take. And, you know, in the, in the deal that you were talking about, when Profar went to San Diego and, and Austin Allen came back to the A's, there was a player to be named later in that deal and it was Buddy Reed and you know at that point it was it was kind of obvious what the time frame was going to be because the rule five draft was coming up and it seemed pretty clear that you know that player to be named later was somebody who hadn't been protected by the rule five draft rules but you know if he didn't get selected in the rule five draft they would go ahead and you know, bring him in, which Reed did not get selected. So they were able to bring him in as a non-roster player. In this case, there is no big event coming, you know, besides the season. So (laughs) it does sort of leave it open-ended. And it brings up an interesting question too, when it comes to these trades and that, you know, teams will have nothing to base their trades off of if they're uh, looking to acquire a prospect who, um, you know, is is a minor leaguer that's not going to be part of one of these 60-man pools, or even if they are, if they're not going to be playing on an active roster, there's no real look that they're going to have this year from those players. So all of it's going to be based on what they saw in 2019 or what they projected from the player. And that's going to be a big layoff for all these guys. Um, And, you know, how you evaluate talent that way, um, I think is going to be really interesting. And, you know, what information you might have about what that player is doing to keep himself in shape and all that sort of stuff is is a fascinating kind of black hole in all of this. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And it's like, who's to say that that player is the same player who he was in 2019 and 2020, you know, it seems like there are a lot of variables at play there. Yeah. And, you know, and one of the things we often talk about is player age, right? Like, you know, the, it's such a big deal for somebody to, to be performing at a certain level at a certain age, right? Like a Fernando Tatis Jr. performing at age 18 in a certain way is judged differently than somebody who puts up those numbers when they're 24. This is going to be strange because you've got a lot of guys that are sort of frozen in their development at a particular age and then they have like 18 months where they're doing nothing and they didn't necessarily magically get better without actually playing yet they're older because time you know it remains undefeated I don't know how teams are going to be able to evaluate what they project from those kind of players anymore and and that includes Jorge Mateo in, in some respects because you know, he's an older prospect um, in a lot of ways. It's not been a quick path for him through the minor leagues. Um, so, it, you know, say the Padres carry him on their active roster, but he doesn't get a whole lot of playing time because they do have a pretty full middle infield, including Profar ahead of him, you know, in, in that middle infield. You know, what does that look like when he comes around next season and maybe does get a chance to play? Um, you know, he's in his mid-20s with maybe, I don't know, five, ten games of major league experience. You know, are the projections still there for him to be able to grow, or does it seem like any twenty-five-year-old, or you know, who, who at that point you sort of what you have is what you are going to get? I think it's kind of a fascinating topic, and I don't know that any team is going to have the right answer on it. And I guess one thing we definitely know is that they're certainly not going to making be making a newfound high priority on speed. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, and then I guess on the flip side, it seems like the Padres must somewhat prioritize speed. <laughs> yeah, maybe Mateo. I don't know. I. 
I think I saw some rumblings uh, yesterday that Mateo, with that extra innings role runner on second, he could slot in and be play that role. He is a very San Diego Padres player, if that makes sense. They are <laughs> they are the toolsy factory of all toolsy factories, and and he fits right in. You know, as does uh, Profar in a lot of ways. I think they're somewhat similar in terms of the skill sets that they bring. Obviously, Profar has a lot more major league experience, but it'll be something for us to kind of track over the next, I guess, six months. Uh, we'll see if that player to be named later comes sooner rather than later. Um, <laughs> but but I think it's uh, it, it's interesting that the trades are happening. I was kind of wondering how much you know we were even going to see of that kind of activity and the fact that we got you know really a couple of days into the rosters being unfrozen and a deal was actually made. You know, tells me they may be a little bit more transactional happenings than I think maybe we anticipated. So it'll be something to kind of keep an eye on. And uh, as we move into actually seeing these guys on the field in the next few days, I think it'll be exciting to see how it all comes together. Felt like uh, for mo- like a brief return to normalcy for a moment, you know, exactly. <laughs> with, uh, with like an actual trade, actual baseball news to talk about. <laughs> right. I know. I'm sure it must have been fun for the PR staff to write a real press release. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back next week and uh, we'll see if there are any other trades on the horizon.